As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. BTE builds products that you can depend on, whether it's a complete power glide transmission, a torque converter for your specific combination, or any related component or bolt-on item. The professionals at BTE and Memphis Performance have what you need to succeed. Shop online at bteracing.com. Let's take just a minute to discuss motorsports insurance, specifically Larisse motorsports insurance. If you're anything like me, you know of someone, whether it's a friend, someone within your racing family that has lost everything, whether that be through or everything racing related, whether that be via fire or theft, highway accident, on-track accident. And if you're anything like me, you've also realized that you have a significant portion of your net worth tied up in your racing equipment. Maybe more than we would like to admit, right? This is, after all, our passion, and it can become a bit of a money pit. What you may not know is that there are options to insure your racing equipment, race cars, trailers, support equipment, both on the track and off, and that doing so is not as costly as you might expect. To do that, for me personally, I chose Larisse Motorsports Insurance. They're a great company offering an excellent product and they stand behind it. Now, I've been so impressed with Larisse and their commitment to excellence in this regard that we've partnered with them through thisisbracketracing.com. Our own team member, Ashley Thompson, is a licensed broker for Larisse Motorsports Insurance. If this is something that you would entertain, that you would like to know more about and or get a quote for your particular application, Contact us. Go to thisisbracketracing.com slash get a quote, and Ashley will get back in touch with you. Again, that is thisisbracketracing.com slash get a quote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, 
Thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, as part of our championship interviews uh, this evening, we are pleased to be joined by the 2019 NHRA Pro Class Champion, Chris Johnston. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, Jared. I'm glad to be on here. Yeah, man. Good for you to take a little time for us and chat about your championship run, which uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Uh, that's a, For a lot of people, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but you know it's got to be really cool for it to happen. But before we get into that story, Chris, we always like to find out a little bit about who we're talking to. First and foremost, where are you talking to us from tonight? I am uh, talking to you across the water from Seattle and Bremerton, Washington. Yeah. Right outside Seattle, so obviously a Seahawks fan. I'm an Eagles fan, fly, Eagles, fly, and sound like in our uh, discussion prior to going on air, my Eagles are in a little bit of trouble right now. Hopefully we rebound. Yeah, the beef mode just scored a touchdown, too. Yeah, that is not good news, Chris. Uh, There's no way to start this interview, but uh, I appreciate you letting me know that. that dirty hit on our quarterback, just pounded him right in the back of the helmet and put him in concussion protocol, so... We're in trouble over there, brother. Maybe that'll go well. But aside from that, aside from that, tell us your racing story, you know, briefly. Like, who got you started? When was it? Where did you start? Tell us a little bit about how you got into racing, Chris. Well, it's uh, pretty simple. My old man, my father, Troy Johnston, he was actually the 2017 Sportsman National Champion in NHRA. He got into racing himself, and I, I grew up out there just absorbed everything he did watched loved it couldn't really focus on a whole lot more than race and i probably should have stuck with sports a little bit longer but something about that drag racing just sticks with it <laughs> yeah. I, I started i started all my stuff off the top bowl because i grew up around a bunch of super pro racers and they said that's where i needed to be and uh, a couple of years after that i started watching all the bottom bowl guys and took my box out of my car and i had a nine second chassis car back then and had some pretty decent success in pro and kind of just took the box out and never really wanted to put it back in. Good for you. Just staying on the bottom bulb, which obviously for those that aren't familiar, the pro category is bottom bulb competition where you're allowed a trans break or you can swap feet, which I prefer. But, uh, you know, obviously you, you picked up well on the bottom bulb and took that all the way to the NHRA pro championship this year. Where did you start racing, Chris? I started racing at my local track, Bremerton Raceway. That's about 20 minutes from my house, and that's where my dad started. Started all my racing. All I've ever done pretty much was quarter mile, unless I went and traveled in Vegas or somewhere else. But just recently, our track manager, he decided to switch us to eighth mile, and it's the best thing that's ever happened. I honestly think it's made me 100% better at the finish line for the long racing. Wow. Okay. So made the switch to the shorter track. What was the reasoning behind that, if you don't mind me asking? Well, there's a bunch of issues with our track. So our track is on an old airport, and we've had uh, some issues with people moving in around. And it's an HRA sanction, but it's it's a little old school. So there's walls, but they're way out there on the side of the grass, and it's kind of a short shutdown. So safety reason for the most part. But honestly, I just prefer it now. I don't. I can't. <laughs> I don't even. One of my buddies quoted it best. 
he said that when after we ran a whole year of eighth mile, we went to quarter mile. He said after high gear, it was a dyno pull. Like you're just you're just watching the cock go up and you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that that's hard on me. I was the eighth mile racer from Alabama, so that's hard on me anytime I get on the long track to to hold the gas down that long and listen to those RPMs. It just sounds like money going out the window. You know, you, you West Coast guys, yeah, you West Coast guys are used to quarter mile racing. So I imagine that was that probably made a little resistance out there, didn't it? Oh yeah, there was some there was some backlash. I actually was a very very strong supporter of my track. There was a lot of people that wanted to quit. Oh, if it's eighth mile, that's not even racing. I can merge under the freeway that fast. Well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how long the track is racing. <laughs> very good point. Very good point. Tell us, like, where did you qualify for the bracket finals? Was that it at Bremerton? Yes, sir. Okay, so you qualified. Uh, actually, I ended up finishing fourth. It was my first year in the in the Funky Chick and the Firebird. I bought that car in February, and it's kind of a monster. And I got my butt kicked most of the year, and I like I couldn't get past round three. I don't know what it was, but once I did, then it was lights out. <laughs> Had to get that curse behind you, and then things picked up from there, I guess. Oh yeah. Well, I had just sold a, a tube chassis car that was an absolute killing machine, but I just wasn't having fun in it. So I wanted a car that I could actually go to the track and have fun in, and I found it, and I was getting just getting my butt kicked. But finally, I got used to it. But it's it is honestly the it's the best car I've ever owned. Cool. I, I know you've had some really cool cars. I've seen a little bit of through Facebook and some nice stuff. But obviously, that wheel standing uh, in Pontiac is is a lot of fun. It, it looks like a blast. What little bit I've got to see of it. Yes, uh, it's pretty. It's I mean, don't judge me. I let go off the button. <laughs> but I, I started my season that way, so I stuck with it. But it can flip too. We might do a little bit more of that next year. For this. No. No, I, I would never judge you for that. I'd rather you swap feet, Chris, as you <laughs> were probably aware of before you said that. But, you know, uh, I'm all for everybody having their place. So I'm sure the letting go of the button is a lot of fun in that thing. I'd probably want to let go of the button in it, too, the way it stands up. So you, you qualify for the bracket finals at Bremerton, and where were the bracket finals held? Pacific Raceway, which is another one of my local tracks that's about 50 minutes out. Wow. Okay. So you're you're racing in your backyard. You're sleeping in your bed for the the bracket final. That's that's gotta that's gotta be pretty comforting. Yeah, it is nice. It's uh, I've made a lot of laps on that track, so it definitely helps. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, in your division, because each division, well, not each division, but some divisions are different. What allows you? You have to win the main event in your division to to qualify for the world finals, correct? So for Division 6, our division champion is our Race of Champions race, which is the Saturday race. Okay. And it's the uh, it's, they take the top six and then a, like a, uh, an, I don't know what they call it, a bonus guy. So it's basically seven people from each class and winner of that whole deal gets to go to Pomona. And Excellent. then we also happened to have the Wild Cup last year. It was cool. Yeah, very cool. Who did you have to get by to, to get the, the opportunity to go to the World Finals? Uh, actually, a fellow Mopar brethren, he was, uh, he's driving a green duster, I think it's Paul Jordan, and uh, funny story on that deal, I believe it was like round two or three or something, I'm not for certain, for certain, but it had sprinkled at our track, and then it kind of started to rain, long story short, I'm not sure what happened, but him and his guy got sent, and he actually ended up tagging the wall in the rain, oh, it wasn't wow. enough to, uh, it wasn't enough to like pr- prevent him from racing, but I'm not sure how it all worked out, and I wouldn't have wanted to be in the guy, the guy in charge of that decision making. But uh, they reinstated him, and that is the guy that raced in the final. 
Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is very interesting. I hadn't heard of that one before. I've that, never uh, seen anything like it. Racing a Mopar, and you said a, a fellow Mopar brethren, but, I mean, have you gone from Mopar, Chris, to, like, GM, Chris? <laughs> I know you're like Mopar, Mopar hard, but you're a GM guy California. now. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lover of all brands. I just, to be honest, for, for bag racing from now on, it's going to be a GM. Okay. Well, that's cool. Cheaper than the availability is there. <laughs> <laughs> so you you qualify for the World Finals. You get there. Was this your first trip for you racing on the main stage? Oh yes, sir. This was uh, this was actually the second race of champ, like bracket finals. I'd even really participated in on the race of champions side. Wow, very cool. I have a hard time committing to you know one track a year for local points, so I kind of never really commit anywhere. I just go where I want. Well, kind of decided to stay local. New car is cheaper, and it worked out. <laughs> yeah, very good decision. So tell us once you get. You know, your time trials, obviously you guys are there a few days at the World Finals and a lot going on during uh, during that event. But you get your time trials over the course of two or three days and Sunday comes around and, and you've got your ladder and you're ready to go. What did your ladder look like, Chris? Uh, <laughs> I had to ask the next day who I had. <laughs> good for you. That's one of those things you can overstudy for sure. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not, well, I'm not going to lie. We pre-sunk a little bit. So when I went down to Pomona for my dad, when he when he was down there, they didn't have any alcohol at the banquet. So this year, or this last year, I'm sorry, when we went down, I'm like, okay, we're going to pre-sunk a little bit, get all the nerves out. Well, then we went and showed up and found out they had free alcohol. So, yep. <laughs> so, so it was uh, it was definitely something you didn't care a whole lot about <laughs> at the time until it was time to race. So who did you uh, who did you end I, up I with did, first? I I had Joe Barney in the S10. Okay. And uh-huh. uh, I, uh, all I knew from the uh, from the banquet was uh, my buddy Matt Kilman. He was the DSEX rep as well because he won our wild card. He won the Sunday race. And all I wanted to know was that him and I didn't get each other in round one, or we were going to be on opposite sides of the ladder. And we actually ended up being opposite sides of the ladder. It just didn't fall that way. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, first round, how does that go? First round, I went into it really confident. I actually made some stupid adjustments in time runs trying to figure out the tree because I put new shocks and struts on the thing, and I thought it was going to be exactly the same. It was a little bit different, and I made too big of an adjustment, and I kind of looked like a fool on the tree in the, in the time run. So I told, them, I told my boys for round one, I said, all right. I said, we're making a big, a big, a big swing here. I said, the car will be fine. I said, I'm going to be about 20 on the tree, and we should be good. And I just put all. I just forgot about everything. Went back to what I always know. You know, learned to know in that car. Yeah. So that went as planned, I guess. It was an interesting round with him because uh, Joe. I want to say he was dialed 500 faster than me, but my car was 60 footed about 14 or 15 faster, like hundred, and then still had two mile an hour on the big end. So it was a crazy. It was a. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy look all the way down the track. Yeah, it's a, it's an odd looking run. That that was. Peaks and valleys, for sure. So you get by him, obviously, in round one. Now you're in the semis. Who'd you pair there? Uh, Austin Young in that Vegas. And uh, just played the chase and kept it green, or else it might not have been a good day. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> I want to say he's like 004 red and one foul under or something. It, it, it might have not been mm. pretty. But you never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know, but those... 
those are the kind of brakes we need at the racetrack. You get by that one. Now, what I'm most interested in, I guess, Chris, so you're in the final round. You know, this is a big stage. Uh, obviously, with the world of social media and smartphones, your phone's blowing up. You you have a, a pretty awesome social media presence. So I imagine it was gaining quite the attention from your contacts around the world and the, and the country for sure. Yeah, the phone... And that's why I had to I had to throw a post out there to let everyone know. I, I would try to respond as you know as soon as I can, but the phone was blown up. It was it was unreal the amount of support. You don't really realize how many people actually care for you until you actually do something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, more way more people are watching than you even realize. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you you've won big, big races. It's kinda just get up there and shut everything out. I did have a juicy thing happen to me right right like in the final round, so I pull up to the burnout box, and there's just it, it is a pretty surreal situation. You pull up; it's not like a normal bracket race. The fans, you know, the stands are just elbow. You know, there's no room at all. You look up, you see the big screen. There's cameras all around you. I made this decision to reach up in the burnout box and aim my mirror up so that I, when I'm bumping in, I don't see anybody behind me or anything. That's a good call. That can be distracting. Oh, yeah, I thought so. And I let go of the line lock button, and my mirror flew off and almost hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oops maybe maybe i retract that good call statement <laughs> yeah, yeah so you know it's it's a newer car so when the mirror flew off i'm thinking at first i was like okay that thing just went into the back wall you know i'm sitting there dangling in front of me by the wires so i i stopped after the burnout and i'm messing with it i was trying to get the wires off just so at least so i could not get hit with the with the mirror well finally i just grabbed it and i just yanked it off and yeah, I didn't realize in the process, ran my hands down all the all the headliner clips and just cut my hand all open. Oh, my goodness. And right after that, then I, oh, yeah, then I lined up crooked. <laughs> so that was smart. <laughs> but once, I, once the stage bulb came on, you know, my foot went down to the floor. I tried to forget about it. I came up 33, which is not at all what I was shooting for, but it worked out, I guess. Yeah, with all that on the line and and everything leading up to it, I imagine that's uh that's you know probably not your target, but that's very respectable and and definitely leaves you in the game. You know, especially with a with a little in the bag, you you can at least make it look right, even if they were making a hero run over there. So, what did the run look like, Chris? Well, as soon as <laughs> as soon as I let go and the car the, the car you know it, it stands up, I pull second gear and as it starts come down, I saw my wind light and I just lifted. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I kind of just coasted down the track and soaked it all in and played with the wires that were dangling in front of me while I was trying to stage. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So the instant win like, as your opponent goes red, that's what a relief. Oh, yeah. Especially because I had Brian Hughes. And uh, I got to meet Jake, good old Jake Howard down there. And uh, actually a couple, two or three times I've seen him down in Pomona. But anyway talked brian up pretty good and told me about him and he wasn't wrong brian had he not gone red again he could have gone either way but racing racing i guess yeah no doubt that brian is an extremely tough competitor and uh he turned it just slightly red didn't he yeah, yep and that him and i were par for the course round one and two we were only a few thousand apart and honestly i was i was shooting for double high double o in the final i didn't want to come up weak so I was trying to be there right right there with him, but like I said, all, all that stuff happened and maybe it worked out. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm talking a couple hundredths of a second from that, too. So those things happen, especially on the bottom bulb. But ultimately, it, you know, it worked out in your favor. You, you get the wind light. You are the 2019 NHRA Pro Category champion. Um, what was that feeling like, especially with you getting to enjoy it at a slightly slower pace? Honestly, it's so surreal. When my when I got to watch my dad do it in 2017, I'd never been more ner- nervous and excited and had just a roller coaster of emotions in my life. When he won, I was the most excited I've ever been. When I won, like it is still hitting me. It takes a while to to bring it all in. I I just tried to live in the moment, not let you know anything get it. I don't know, take a hold of me. I guess I just try to do my own thing and enjoy it. <laughs> I, you hate to say it's another race, but at the end of the day. It's, you just got to do your thing. Yeah, the, the goal is still the same no matter what's on the line. So, you know, that's obviously, a, again, a once-in-a-lifetime thing or, or even less uh, for for many people that try to do that. So definitely a huge congratulations out to you for accomplishing that goal, especially at a young age and, you know, still lots and lots of great years left in your racing career. Uh, it's probably a likely scenario to see you back there again soon. That would be great. That's uh, that's the bucket list. The uh, the old man got close when I when I won the ROC this last year. He got down. I want to say to eight cars or something. And I was oh, it's going to be both of us going. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll both get to go down. I don't think that would surprise anyone at all. So, Chris, what plans you got for the new year for 2020? Anything different this year, or much the same? You know, I, I'm going to keep the car relatively the same, although. I, I, uh, I mean, I'm going to make some upgrades. I'm going to get me a, a GZ vacuum pump because I think every guy, every bracket racer, if you can get a vacuum pump, you need it. They're great. But yeah. other than that, I think I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm going to take the numbers, put the numbers off and put a number one on there and <laughs> put a big target on my back, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You'll have a target on you, but it'll be a tough one to hit. And I'm, I'm sure it'll uh, a lot of things will go your way again in 2020 so chris uh, lastly on the list of questions obviously you you know when you make championship runs like that i'm sure there's people that that help you get to the track and down the track anybody that you need to send a special thank you to oh absolutely my mother and my father if it wasn't for them i this wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking the sears has run and and jeremy they uh they're two good friends of mine that they actually hauled me down to pomona I got to stay in a motorhome and all that. Uh, I'd like to thank Dave Barcelona. Anytime I needed anything, he helped me. And then uh, lastly, my buddies Chili and Dana, they came down. And one thing I want to emphasize, I probably shouldn't, you know, you don't want to give every, all the competitors tips, but when you get down to Pomona, having people with you that have always been there with you and making it a comfortable, fun environment that you're used to and not trying to take yourself out of the game, but just having fun and doing what you always do is a big key down there. And having my buddies with me, they kept me calm, they kept me focused, and I just had to uh, race. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a, a major help and an advantage, if you will, to to just be in a normal environment with the people that you surround yourself with often. So I'm, I'm sure they help keep you calm and cool. Awesome stuff, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, a, again, a heck of an accomplishment. Congratulations on achieving that goal and certainly look forward to 2020 and what that does for your racing program, which sounds like I'm wrapping it up a little bit right there, but you know I'm not because we got rapid fire, Chris. So just a few little questions. 
and uh, get your answers, and this helps us get to know you just a little bit better before we part ways. You up for that? I'm up for it. Okay. Well, first is a little bit of a different rapid-fire question for me, but I got to know, obviously, this was an incredible season. What's your fondest memory of the 2019 season? Ooh, it's definitely going to have to be uh, getting past the semifinals at the Race of Champions. I drugged bumper and shot sparks forever. It's in the semis and final. That was what I've always wanted to do my entire racing career. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. So you stood her up good. Yeah, not on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) It's usually painful. Uh, Chris, what is the song that you got to crank wide open when you hear it? What's that one song? Oh, Led Zeppelin Immigrant song. Okay. And I hear that intro to... uh, (laughs) The that song, oof, that gets me going. But that's all Led Zeppelin. Yeah, Zeppelin's uh, that's a little bit of a stretch for a, a young guy like you. So you got an old soul in you, I guess. Oh yeah, I grew up. I grew up uh, with some people that really enjoyed all facets of music. Cool. All right, Chris, what's your dream car? I know you love cars. A black seventy Hemi Cooper with a four speed. Oh, yeah. I'm not a Mopar guy, but I would like to shoot one of those myself. What yes, is the perfect meal? You know, I want to make it easy and say cheeseburger and burritos, but honestly, it's a, it's a medium rare steak with some garlic mashed potatoes and some corn. Medium rare, where you don't you don't like them cooked? You just you like to chase it around the plate, or? Well, they're not milling. That's <laughs> pretty darn close at medium rare. <laughs> That's pretty rough. <laughs> All right, last question, Chris. Would you rather? see the Seahawks play in the Super Bowl or make one hit in a pro stock car? See the Seahawks go to the Super Bowl because I'm not one for getting teased. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you just uh, said that, I'm so mod, I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably still say that. I, I'm not about getting teased. That's, that's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right, man. Well, look, we appreciate it so much. Uh, thank you for taking some time, giving us a little bit of your time this evening. Again, congrats on an amazing accomplishment this year. Great 2019 season. Hope the same or better for you in 2020. Uh, now uh, get off the phone and go watch your Seahawks finish off my Eagles. <laughs> hey, Jared, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for giving us Bracket Racers the platform. Yes, sir. Well, you're the you're the reason we're here, man. I appreciate everything uh, the listeners are doing, especially you when you're out there listening to us, and, and certainly super happy to get the opportunity to to shed some spotlight on you and and celebrate your accomplishment with you. So great job. Good luck this year, and uh, I'll be keeping an eye on you. All right. Thank you very much, sir. All right, Chris. Have a great night. How you do the thing? You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride, and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter long. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. 
Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services, quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. All right, uh, our next guest is is another one of our 2019 champions that we're we've got the pleasure of getting to interview and this gentleman on the phone with us is the 2019 IHRA Mod Champion, which is their bottom bulb category. And it is great to have Dustin Avendet on the phone with us tonight. Dustin, how you doing, bud? Doing well. I uh, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to chat with you. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, I want to say congratulations on a great accomplishment, which we'll discuss thoroughly throughout the uh, interview. But uh, just really awesome deal and, and want to congratulate you before we get started. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, Dustin, uh, I'd like to let everybody know what part of the country the, the uh, interviewee is in. So where are you at tonight? Well, I live in Pierce City, Missouri, so southwest corner of Missouri. Southwest Missouri. That's, uh, that's a pretty good ways out there. You, you're kind of basically the heart of the country or, or pretty close to it. That is correct. You know, there's not, you know, out here, there's not a ton of opportunity for, you know, a lot of bigger money races. So have to travel east or south, which makes it a little bit difficult to do, but also have some local tracks around here. So, yeah. You guys do have some good racing out there, but obviously to get to some of the, the marquee events in our sports, you've got to get the gas cart out and ride a little bit, which takes time and time away from work and family. So I imagine that's a, a challenge from southwest Missouri at times. You, you probably have to skip more than you want to. Definitely. You know, wife's been working quite a few hours over the last couple of years with her job and, you know, with the kids and everything like that. You know, there's going to be some times you especially if you dedicate whatever you're doing in the sport to, you know, a points program or whatever, it, it makes it really difficult to make, you know, all the points races at that point, or even possibly missing that or making games for your kids. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, definitely, definitely tough there. Yeah. It's a delicate balance there for sure. So Dustin, um, I know a little bit about your racing story just from conversations with you. I've been fortunate to have you attend some events that, that I'm involved in. But for the listener, give us a brief rundown of your, your racing story or history, if you will. Kind of tell us who got you started, when that was, and, and where you started. Sure. I definitely was uh, introduced to racing with my dad and uncle. You know, at a young age, I used to watch them specifically kind of at Mocan Dragway and Ozark Raceway Park. You know, I'd go with them and watch them race and just really, really got into it there. As I got a little older, towards 16, 17, around 17 years old, kind of chatted with my dad a little bit and decided, hey, this is something I wanted to try and kind of went on from there one point series at Ozark a couple of years, pretty young in my teenage years and kind of just kept it up from there. You know, my dad, you know, the car I have now, my dad had it for a long time, made some adjustments to it, made, you know, did some stuff here and there, had a couple other cars, ran multiple classes and 
that's kind of the way it's been over over the years. And then, you know, last few years, I kind of tried to keep the foot brake a little bit. So that's mainly, obviously, my most favorite class and trying to get the car dialed in and, and competitive for that class. So that's kind of where I've ended up the last few years and, and where everything's taken me. And you, you mentioned that the car you drive now is your dad's old race car. That's a beautiful piece. Tell us what kind of car that is, what year and make. Sure, it's a 1969 Dodge Dart, 500 cubic inch motor. Definitely just really set up for foot brake. When we set out, you know, racing here locally, and then you and Steve offered the World Foot Brake Challenge, we decided we needed to come up with a lot more competitive, consistent cars. So it goes through some revamping through there, and that's where it's at today. Yeah, that is a very nice car, obviously well put together and, and good parts and pieces in it. Your dad raced that for how long prior to you getting your hands on it, Dustin? Well, probably quite a few years. You know, I was a lot younger then, and so he, he raced it for quite a few years, and my uncle did too, so they kind of they split the duties a little bit. So I had several years of, of watching them while I was younger. And you mentioned the world foot brake challenge and i can remember your first trip out there and early in the event you know we didn't we obviously don't get a lot of racers from the the state of missouri there due to the logistics of it all but uh, i remember early in that weekend you talking about you know the competition was maybe a little tougher than you realized or knew about but you definitely stepped your game up very quickly and and got yourself in a final round, which was very impressive. And I think you've continued to show that that you can compete with the best in the sport, Uh, obviously solidifying that with this uh, IHRA Mod Championship. Tell us, Dustin, where you qualified, what track you qualified at to to make it to the world finals. Well, I qualified uh, for Mocan Dragway. So, uh, Carl Blanton, the owner out there, so qualified under them and uh, didn't really know until the very last points race. Uh, it was a really tight points battle at that point, and uh, the last points race was actually the week before the IHRA World Finals, so it was pretty much anyone's points race at that point up until then, so didn't really know till till the week before. All right, so you just had to... To get to the world finals, you had to finish in what position at your track? Did you did you win it all, or did you just qualify on the top ten, or how'd you get there? Well, uh, Mocan has point series, and in the uh, no electronics class, and I finished first there in points, and that's what qualified to get me over to Memphis. Okay, excellent. Was that your first trip to Memphis? Yes, it it was, and due to all the previous years of, you know, my kids were younger and stuff like that. I kind of stepped away from the points program a little bit. And uh, as MoCan became an IHRA track, started offering the Summit Super Series and going to the World Finals, I kind of made it something on my goal list for this past year to to try to do and complete and see where, where I ended up. So it ended up working out well. Yeah, I'd say that's a very well said. And if I remember correctly, even winning the points and qualifying for the world finals in that top position, you were maybe a little iffy on whether or not you were going to be able to make the trip to Memphis. That 
that is definitely correct. Kind of came around to that to that weekend, and and Carl at Mocan had basically given me the specifics about it, and I was a little unsure on what all it entailed, and uh, you know, definitely the nice prizes and twenty thousand to win and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, you need to you need to sell it to your wife. You need to go because of the Aruba trip. And of course, when I got home, I told her about that. My kids happened to have, you know, my son was in a Super Bowl football end of year deal. My daughter was in an end of year volleyball tournament. And I, I just, it, it's really tough on me to try to miss their stuff. But, you know, I kind of ran it by her. I was like, hey, you got this opportunity here, you know, a trip to Aruba. And, you know, that's where we actually went on our honeymoon. So, made it a little easier. She said, Hey, make the trip out there, see what she can do. And, and I, I'm glad she did. Glad, glad they gave me the opportunity to do that. No doubt that little extra push turned out to be <laughs> really good for her as well. So, yep. so you get to, you get to Memphis and, you know, obviously this is a big stage and a big deal, Dustin. I mean, how was, how was your feeling? You, you've been to big events, so you're kind of a low key guy, calm and cool. I don't imagine you were totally blown away, but I would still think that, you know, you were amazed by the whole stage and, and what you saw when you got there. Definitely. I mean, you know, when you get there and, you know, for the for the main event on Saturday, there's no buybacks. There's no second chances. All these guys you're running against are all track points champions or qualifiers. So, so you know the competition's going to be tough, and you know at that point it's you know you kind of take it round by round. And that first round was honestly one of the toughest. I I just you know to try to get through that round made it a little easier. And then as time went on, you're racing not only just you know foot breakers, you could be racing against you know trains breakers too. So you know trying to keep that all out of my head, just take it around at a time, and and just just making my way through the rounds. Obviously, you did that well. How many rounds did you have to get through, Dustin, to to make it to the final? Well, we had a we had a good number of cars, so I had to go six rounds to get to the final. Ran some really really good racers in there. Some I've seen at the other big events. So I definitely knew knew who they were. Knew they were good at what they do. Knew I couldn't take them lightly. I think in the semifinal round, got really lucky and went trip zero on the tree. And, you know, that really gave me the confidence there going into the final that, you know, hey, I can do this. I can just stick to my game. I can do it. So, so yeah, that, that semifinal round really, really helped me there. And I'm sure they felt the same about you, you know, when they looked in the other lane. But was there a round in there, Dustin, where you felt like you got away with one? Like, you know, it, it was a, a big break that you needed? Definitely. It was the quarterfinal round. You always got to get you know, all those guys there are good, you know, and a lot of times you need to be good and lucky at the same time. So, you know, at that point, I I got a lucky round in there. You know, I wasn't bad. It just ended up going my way. It's one of those things where you're kind of in the zone and things just go your way. And it's a really close round. And as you said that, I, I got to thinking right back to that round. And, and I remember it, you know, but, you know, when your wind light comes on, it comes on. So it just has to go my way. <laughs> Yeah, it, it rights all the wrongs for sure. So obviously you you've been there for a few days. You've got to the main event. You're 
turn on wind light after wind light and you've made your way to the final round. Now, Dustin, this, you know, again, you're a guy that seems to handle things really well and, and keep yourself calm, but were there some, had to be, were there some final round jitters going into oh, that? Oh, definitely. Definitely on that final round. I mean, you know, when you got the money involved and the purse is that high and, you know, it's the final round and I kind of go back to the to the final of that World Foot Break Challenge, you know, tried to get it done there and tried to use that learning from that event there and bringing it to that final round there of just saying, hey, you know, I know I'm going to be nervous and just kind of get up there and do my thing. I, a lot of it, too, is sometimes through those rounds, I'm nervous and sometimes I'm not. But, yeah, I have to say I was definitely nervous there. But I try, try to make it, hey, this is something fun I'm getting to do. It's just one more round. Just got to get through this round and, and definitely worked out in that end round there. So. Yeah, I love the honesty there. So, you know, I, as I talked to the, the last interview today with the social media and smartphones and those things, you're kind of a low-key guy. Your social media presence is is modest, to say the least. But I imagine when you get yourself to the final round for an IHRA World Championship, your phone's going crazy. Your Facebook page is going crazy. There's people reaching out left and right, wishing you well and those things. Did you try to avoid those things, or was you was you getting a lot of it prior to the final? Yeah, I was. Had a I had a lot of people that were confident in me from this area here, just sending me messages, saw stuff on Facebook, and you know I wanted to maybe try to avoid it a little bit, but I think it was actually giving me a little more confidence because you know I knew they had my back. They were believing in me more than I ever, ever could. So <laughs> at one point I just started responding and, you know, saying thank you. Like they kept telling me I could do it. And it's one of those things where in the end I, I knew I wasn't going to disappoint, you know, my family or anyone back here or, or Mocan by any means. I knew I knew they were going to be proud of me, whatever ended up happening in the end. But it's one of those things with all that backing, you, you kind of want to, you know, at the end there that, hey, I can do this this is something I can do. And you want the accomplishment of doing it and just, you know, for yourself that you can get it done. And, you know, that's kind of what I go back to is, Hey, you know, they believed in me. My dad believed in me and, and it did. I honestly think it made it a little better that I did kind of keep up with those messages and, and kind of take it from there. So. Excellent. Use that as positive energy. I like your, your approach there. That's an odd event where you are representing your track, your points racers, your friends and family from your area. So, you know, the people that you duke it out with all year long trying to beat them for wind lights now are, you know, on your side and pulling for you and, and trying to give you the confidence you need to, to go accomplish that. Now, I can see where that had to feel really good. Definitely. Uh, and just a good way to end the year for sure. No doubt. So tell us about the final, Dustin, who it was against and, and how it played out. Sure. Got ready for the final there. They actually were one round behind in the junior class. We did have to kind of wait for the junior class to catch up because they wanted all winners and runner-ups to basically meet at the end of the track and, and kind of go from there. So we did have to wait a little bit. But yeah, we pulled up there, final round racing chris roth from i believe he's from michigan no that's a 
tough racing area up there. So I knew I had my hands full, pretty close on dials. I think we're all, we were both, you know, I was around 6.11. I think he might've been around 6.03. So I knew I had the opportunity to possibly jump there, maybe go red, be in the slower car. But I think as final round went through there, kind of got halfway track and didn't really see him pulling up on me there. I, feeling started to get pretty good half track and just wanted to make sure to to do all I could to win the race at that point. So, so that's kind of how that, that one played out. So you obviously either had the tree advantage or his car had some issues, one of the two. Yeah, I think I had a little bit of a tree advantage. I think I may have missed it a little bit that round in the 40s from being trip zero the round before, maybe had some jitters there. Uh, went a little bit, I think it was my slower reaction of the day uh, he was a little bit later than that and you know ran a little off there so kind of left the window open there a little bit and ended up working out there yeah when you're dialed that close two or three hundredths advantage one way or the other via the dial or the reaction time is is huge because you can see it so well so that as you said started feeling good about half track now you've rolled through and and you get the i think it's a it's a beacon on the scoreboard at Memphis, if I remember correctly, but whatever the case, you get it in your lane. What's the feeling at that point, Dustin? Well, it's it was unbelievable at that point. I mean, you know, you don't know whether to laugh or cry or, you know, what to do at that <laughs> point, but it's, it's definitely one of those things where you're, you know, really excited in the race car there. And it's one, it's one of those things too, where, you know, I know my wind light came on, but I, I wanted to see my time slip too. I kind of wanted to see what played out. Because I do that after every run. I kind of review it, look at it. Just wanted to know where I was at on the track compared to him, all sorts of things. So didn't actually get that opportunity right at the end there. So, so just so happy. But, you know, I definitely wanted to congratulate Chris, too, at the same time. I mean, he went through a tough crowd through also and to make it to the final there. So, so yeah, we all, winners kind of all met up at the end there and runner-up. And they, they brought us back backwards down the track, all of us, for the winner's circle. So big deal for winners and runners-up. It was definitely not anything I was anticipating and, and just tried to be really, really humble and excited at the same time. Very cool. So you just thought that you were getting some attention when you made the final round, but when that wind light come on, I'm sure your Facebook page and your text messages and private messages went bonkers. Oh yeah. It was one of those things where it was actually getting a little bit later in the night too. I, I'm usually pretty quick at responding, but I think it, it took a day or two to, to get to everybody at that point. So yeah, I wanted to make sure and sure and get to everybody. And, you know, they took the time out to to say something i you know i'm appreciative of them and, and wanted to do the same and get back to them yeah certainly so tell us about your prize package what the ihra offers for those world champions is is pretty amazing yeah it definitely was and you know one of, it's one of those things where you know i was last minute trying to get to the race so i really didn't understand what was all involved until i started receiving some of the things so it was it was just phenomenal one of those I tried to sell the kids a little bit when I left, told them that there was a golf cart available for the winter. And they told me, you know, hey, dad, bring that golf cart home. And I learned, I learned a couple of years ago in racing to never, never promise anything because you, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to be the one to let them down. So <laughs> I definitely sure. did not tell them I would bring home a golf cart, but when they saw it in the back of the truck, they were, 
they were ecstatic for sure and couldn't believe it. So yeah, you know, dark carts up there, uh, offered a golf cart for the winter. Uh, also a seven night, eight day trip to Aruba, definitely planning that for the, this 2020 year and really neat IHRA ring that summit provided along with a, a new racing jacket. And I also believe an IHRA gold card. So, and several other prizes and gift certificates that just one of those things, one thing would come in the mail and the next thing would come in the mail. And, you know, I just, it, I was so appreciative of just everything that they came up with and thought of to put into this. And a pretty hefty check for the winner as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely a big $20,000 check for the winner. Obviously the biggest win accomplishment for my racing career. So definitely a good yeah. way to end of the year. Yes, bottom bobbers don't get many opportunities to win more than that. So that's uh, it's very cool to collect a check like that, and and then the the amazing prize package behind it. You know, that's that's something you just don't duplicate. So, congrats again on that, Dustin. What a heck of an accomplishment! You know, certainly you were on the map already. I think people knew who you were, but you definitely solidified it with that IHRA My Championship last year. Uh, really, really excited for you, and um, hope 2020 works out just as well or better. What are your plans for 2020? Well, you know, honestly, you know, maybe some little bit of maintenance on the car, probably adding a little bit more safety items to it, definitely a good thing. So, you know, it's one of those things I've, I've given it some thought. My kids are right at the age now where may need to do a little bit more family things this year, so I may not make it make it to as many events but when i do i would try to make it to to quite a few points races if i could and you know maybe a couple of the bigger races too out there so so yeah my schedule might be a a little bit shorter this year but definitely looking forward to spending time with the family too well that's very important make sure you leave time for them but uh you know if you were to come to bristol labor day weekend and get a hundred thousand dollar payday i'm sure they wouldn't be mad at you no, I've got my eyes on that one for sure. Definitely going to be watching for that one. Well, hopefully you make it out. Definitely whatever you do next year, I'm sure you'll do it well. And uh, look forward, or this year actually, we look forward to watching that play out. Um, hoping it, it goes as planned for you. And lastly, Dustin, I know that uh, people help you get to the track and down the track and certainly want to give you this opportunity to say thanks to them. Sure. Yeah, you know, absolutely my family, you know, my wife, uh, Kim, and my kids, Addison and Kellen, they're, you know, they're getting to the age now where they they understand, you know, how competitive this is, just them rooting me on from home or even when they can come to the track. So also Will Banks Auto and Machine, Schubert Chassis Shop, definitely Mocan Dragway and, and Carl Blanton for, for pushing me to go to Memphis and do some of the things that I did there. And, you know, all of his family there running the track. Definitely IHRA and the Summit Super Series and, and all the awesome prizes that were given. And, you know, lastly, I got to thank my mom and dad. Mom and dad were at a lot of the points races this year. You know, my dad's always been there from day one. He actually started racing again with his own car the last few years. And he played a, a critical role in this last points race of the year to to kind of help me get to, to Memphis there. So definitely appreciate my dad and, and all he's done and, and continue to look forward to racing with him. Yeah, I know Don's been a, a 
crucial part of your racing and your success. And I get to watch him from time to time while you're up there doing your thing. I, I know your dad's very proud of you, the way you carry yourself and definitely the way you race. So good to see him get on your list and, um, you know, the rest of your family and, and all your supporters. I know they're very proud of you, Dustin, for a heck of a season and, and topping it off with that IHRA World Championship. So, again, want to say congrats to you for that and, and want to thank you for your time that you've spent with us to go down your championship run and, and your race in history. But we're not quite done. So, you know, we got to know you a little bit during this interview, but we've got this thing we call rapid fire. And uh, I got five simple, maybe goofy questions that, you know, I'll ask you where we get to know you just a little bit better before we part ways. You okay with that? I'm I'm okay with that. I'll try the best I can. Well, uh, you might have already answered this one because you've been there once and, and you're going again. It might not be your dream vacation, but if you had a dream vacation, what would it be or where would it be? Well, I, I, I'm going to say Aruba's probably at the top of my list there, just getting back there. You know, I, I we had been there on the honeymoon before, uh, so so definitely getting back to Aruba, but, you know, possibly even the opportunity to go to Hawaii sometime. I haven't been there, so so that might be my dream vacation and, and definitely taking the family there. Cool. What would you consider your favorite hobby outside of racing? My favorite hobby outside of racing is probably some of the helping coach and, and go through some of the stuff with my kids for their, their sporting events. I've, I've helped coach my kids here and there. And, you know, it, you know, again, with the competitive nature as racing is, it, it falls over into sports for my kids. So definitely, you know, getting them through their sports and, and even helping coaching because they're still at that age where I can help coach. So, yeah. so that would probably be a, a, a hobby there that, that I definitely love for sure. Yeah, knowing you like I do, I think that's probably your number one hobby, and <laughs> racing's your secondary yep. hobby. <laughs> so I might yeah. ask you. Yeah. I might should ask yeah, you a different way. With, no, definitely with the age they are now, they they understand it both ways. So yeah, no doubt, Dustin. What is a superpower that you wish you had? Well, superpower I wish I had would would probably probably be invisible sometimes because <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> and I say that because when you get to the end of the track and you've got the guy beat and you totally screw it all up, you kinda wish you were just invisible <laughs> at that point. Not for the good reasons, for the bad <laughs> for the bad. So very well yeah, said. Kinda, great answer. Kinda wish kinda wish that at times could kind of just disappear. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh, I'm always crunched for time, so I wish I could fly, but I like invisible, <laughs> and I definitely would need it for those reasons a lot. <laughs> what is your favorite animal, Dustin? Well, I'd have to say my favorite animal is a dog, and I'm glad you brought that up. My wife and I decided uh, for Christmas to uh, to get a dog for the family. So, so I've always, always been, awesome. you know, like, like dogs, and, you know, this is going to be good for the family, you know, kind of grow up as the family too family dog cool what'd you get i actually bought a, a golden doodle so a little okay. bit different than the usual typical dog but but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see see how big he gets okay well i'm sure it'd be beautiful what'd you name it His name is chief and that is after the uh kansas city chiefs oh 
Okay, that's, that's excellent. I like that. So lastly, and I know there's got to be many because you're a talented guy. What's a secret talent that you have that no one would guess? Secret talent? Well, uh, I mean, like an amazing bowler or you sing or what's that talent well, you got you know, that we wouldn't know about? <laughs> well, the funny thing is when I'm at work, a lot of people will, and I know I'm going back to the racing thing again, so I don't mean to use this one, but a lot of people don't know that I race. So try to tell people when they see a picture or something like that, they're like, what do you do? Do you, you know, and I'm like, well, I, I race cars. And they're like, really? You're a, a computer programming manager. I, you know, I, I wouldn't expect you to race cars. So yeah, I, I think in the end, a lot of that goes back to me. They, they wouldn't see me as doing that. And I'm like, you know, God didn't give me really a lot of talents. I try to use the ones that he did give me. And, and I feel like racing is one of those things. And, and just very, it's just one of those things where I would never believed it. I know they don't believe it, but you know, it's just one of the talents he'd given me. So I kind of run with it. Very good stuff. Well, that helped us get to know you just a little bit better, Dustin. But right now we know you as the 2019 IHRA Mod World Champion. Appreciate your time tonight. It was great going down this trip with you and and really proud of the accomplishment that you had last year. And look forward to seeing more out of you in 2020, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it, Jed. Appreciate everything you've done for all the sportsman racers and and, uh, just really appreciate it. Yes, sir. It's our pleasure. Thanks for joining us, man. Have a great night. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jared Pennington. I was in my truck just to try my luck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.